Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Thought Row podcast. It's time to think creatively. I'm Rod Jones. And I'm Angie Jones. This podcast is all about inspiring creativity in your life. We will be sharing thought-provoking tips to help you be more creative every single day. Tune in each week for a new episode. We will be featuring some very talented and some interesting guests from all over the world. Our guests include creative people like artists, musicians, writers, performers, chefs, venters, entrepreneurs, and many others. Yes, we want everyone to know these guests are not only creative, but they have insightful stories and information to share with you. Also, these talented people have such interesting lives and personal stories that are motivational and inspirational. When you tune into our weekly podcast, Ingie will share with you an inspirational quote. I know you'll find it to be motivating and a great way to start your day or keep you on track throughout the week. Yeah, just to let you guys know, the quotes that you hear on the show are available as screensavers for your phone or computer. It's available as a free download on our website at thoughtrow.com. Lots of inspiration to enjoy every day just for you all as a thank you gift from us for tuning into our podcast. Angie and I have been living the creative life for many years, and we want to share with you our tips, and our secrets of what we've learned along the way. That's right, Rod, and I think everyone will benefit from the stories and experiences we share. So, everyone, please remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love for you to tune in. Hi, I'm Rod. And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to Thought Row. It's time for Angie to share the quote for this week. What do you have, Angie? I I have a really short quote this week, and it's... This is it. It says, dreams breathe like air. Wow. And you'll never guess who said that. Who said that? F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't remember that, but it sounds really <laughs> cool anyway. No, but it sounds like something he would say. You so know? say it again. I want to hear it again. Okay. It says, dreams breathe air like, oh, I did it wrong. Dreams breathe like air. Dreams breathe like air. I guess they do when you think about it. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, you've had a really good dream, assuming you remember it. Uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes Iggy and I share our dreams, but they're really interesting, and I tell or I regale her of everything I thought about in this dream. And sometimes they're positive, and sometimes I just need a little emotional support to make me feel good because they're almost nightmarish. Well, sometimes, you know, that's when your mind is emptying out uh, all of its files, so to speak. You know, it's like a little computer. So I think that, you know, sometimes it comes out disjointed and weird. But that's that's the way you stay healthy mentally to unload your brain. I guess so. And I wonder, you know, uh, I, I know I have them and I know you have them. And I know other artists that I talk to and creative people, they have dreams that they wake up in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning seems to be a popular time to wake up. And then they sit there and scribble on a piece of paper that idea that they had. And then they are hoping that the following day or during the coming week, they can implement that idea and turn it into a painting, a poem, a book. I mean, not a book, but something you want to write about, something along those lines. What happens to you, Angie? 
You know, I used to be such a night bird. I love to stay up and, you know, get creative. But lately, it's not been, you've been the night bird. You get up at 3 o'clock, 3.30, and jot down ideas. Well, I, that's when I really go into my deep, deep sleep from 3 to probably about 6.30 or 7. So I don't know. For me, it's not nighttime anymore. I don't know why it's changed a lot. Well, this three o'clock in the morning thing that seems to be possessing me, uh, I have to admit, has turned out some pretty interesting ideas, and I've had the opportunity to implement them even in some of the things I write. But I also know that when I go back to bed, I'll toss and turn for a while before I can get back to sleep. But then I usually sleep in a little bit longer than I usually do. Typically, Angie and I get up around seven. Um, do a little social media, which is probably not the very best thing to start our day with. And then we will sit there and uh, chat, and then we get our breakfast going, and then we're ready to hit the day. Yeah. You know, I don't – when when we're looking at social media, I feel like that is a really good time of day to do it because it's almost like reading the morning paper or, you know, getting caught up on what's going on and you're not bogging yourself down, you know, the rest of the day checking your social media and, and you know, constantly doing that. And I think that's something that people need to probably do less of all during the day so you can concentrate on what you're doing and get into your vibe and, you know, really not get distracted. Well, the one thing I've noticed with social media is it could kind of sabotage some good ideas that you've had. Now, I know I've gotten in arguments with people where they say, oh, I get inspiration. I'm inspired by when I see other people's art. I personally don't feel that way, although I'm not going to argue with anybody else, you know, if that's what makes them happy and if that's what stimulates them more power to them but for me it seems to be distracting so i do my my duty and respond to all the people that follow us and and they're all really wonderful kind people we're so fortunate to have such good people uh following us and we love following them and we love to see some of the things they write about and we love to see the uh images they post especially obviously on instagram exactly but you you know, I, I do have a thought there because I, I it's not that you compare yourself, but I feel like you compare yourself. There's there's this element of, oh, look what they did. It's so good. I don't know. Maybe what I did isn't as nice or isn't as innovative or isn't as creative. It seems basic or it seems over the top, you know, fill in the blank. Do you think that that goes on? I do. I I really feel like with creatives, maybe some of these guys that are on, especially Instagram, since it's very visual, um, I think that sometimes it causes a little bit of insecurity in people. I know it does for women just when you look at how what shape they're in, if they're dieting, if they're wearing certain kind of clothes. I, I've been hearing that from actually the younger people, like in their 20s, where they go, oh, I feel it makes me feel bad. And I know that people are, are struggling with it right now. Well, I know most people say that nobody posts the truth on social right. media. It's fantasy. You know, it's, it's their fantasy right. or it's how they want everybody else to perceive them or uh, gives them a little bit of opportunity to brag or see how wonderful I look or look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I'm probably guilty of that myself. Uh, but in the same token, if you allow that to take away from your creativity or what you're thinking or what you're building, 
building in your own mind, I think that can be devastating to anybody's general creative output. Right. And, you know, I think the best thing is, is if you can just focus on your lane and what you're doing with yourself and your creativity and your art or your writing, whatever your vehicle is that you're using for your creativity, and just concentrate on that and not be distracted by peripheral uh, noise from other people. Because it's so hard right now. We're such a, a social media driven, media driven environment these days, especially with lockdown going on and quarantine. And, you know, we're, we're limiting our access to our normal social situations. So this has become kind of everyone's social situation when you start comparing and really don't just let all holds barred. Just go out and do it. Do what you want to do so that way you feel satisfied. Well, we've come a long way from the quote of the day. We <laughs> did, but we, you know what? This is the way our conversations usually go. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I think that's... We'll they all make... connect, but in a kind of an abstract way. And I guess what we want to talk about now is uh, entrepreneurs. Yes. I think that's so important right now because there are so many people that have been entrepreneurs, maybe their whole lives or a part of their lives. But all of a sudden, there's a huge influx of entrepreneurs because of what's been going on with employment. I think people are just like, you know, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to try it. I've never done this before, but uh, it looks like fun or it looks exciting. So I think that's a really good subject to talk about today. Yeah, you know, everybody needs to make a living. And, you know, if you're lucky and you have a good job, that's fabulous, you know, power to you. I know um, I grew up in a family. My father was an entrepreneur. He started his own business literally from scratch and provided us with a, you know, pretty good living. And um, I think I probably inherited some of that because I've been living my life that way. Um, Angie, uh, her family was a little bit different. Yes. As I was going growing up, I think that we had a little different paradigm because my dad had a job job. He left at 6 o'clock in the morning, and then he came back at home at 5. And, um, you know, I, I remember him just being away a lot and then seeing him in the evenings. And then sometimes I would wake up in the morning to give him his lunch when I was real little. So, you know, that part was cool. But it, it is a different mindset for sure. You know, like someone that's having a 9 to 5 or 6 to 5 job is definitely uh, different. Well, seeing how Inji is maybe cursed to be married with me, uh, to marry to me, she has become quite the entrepreneur. Um, she's been very inventive in a lot of the things that she's done, especially in the world of creativity. I know uh, having a father that was an entrepreneur, um, kind of the downside to having a parent that is more in a nine-to-five workflow uh, my dad worked a lot. He worked, you know, late sometimes in the evening or on the weekends, all of that kind of stuff. But um, it was a good lesson. I got to observe a lot while I was growing up. But now uh, Angie and I have been a couple for many years, and we now have the opportunity to share our thoughts and ideas about being entrepreneurs. You know, when you're, when you're talking about that, it, it made me think about – the whole paradigm shift when I met you, you were, you know, you had your photography, commercial photography business. 
And then um, it was very different from the way I grew up. And at first, it seemed it was really exciting, of course, because, you know, you were the captain of your own industry, and that was very cool. But you didn't go to a job and report to a job and then come home. So there was a really big paradigm shift for me. I mean, that's just the way I grew up. So it was very different for me. Well, uh, you and you would know this. I could attest to the fact that it has a lot of ups and downs. There certainly were periods when I wasn't getting enough uh, jobs, and so I had to do what everybody has to do. I had to worry about uh, paying the rent on the studio, paying my employees, etc. But you know, for whatever reason, it always seemed to work out okay, and the business grew and it became successful. And uh, I was very happy about that during that time. And probably the best thing that came out of that uh, is that's how I actually met Inji. That that was um, a blessing and a gift from being an entrepreneur. And uh, in the industry that I was in, uh, it put me in a position to where I actually had the opportunity to meet her. And just so everyone knows, we didn't like fall in love immediately. I mean, we talked no. on the phone a lot, hung out together for what a, I about know a over year. a year. Yeah, about at least a year. a year. Yeah, we were friends. I think before we were like even dating, dating. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, we got to know each other. Yeah, it was it was kind of a slow process, but a good one. I think that's a, a good way to um, you know get to know someone in a uh, on a friendship basis. But, you know, I think that when I got into the, the, the workflow that you had and how your life was, um, I was fairly young. So for me, that was a big learning experience because I had never seen, like, up close and personal someone running their own business like that. I mean, sure, you see, a you know, like an insurance agent or a dentist or someone like that, but that's a little different than when you take someone with a creative service like photography and, and turning it into a, a big business. That's not even common now. I think there's so many people that are doing photography as a hobby or, you know, just getting occasional gigs and things like that. And now we're to the point where maybe some some people are taking those kinds of hobbies and turning them into an industry for themselves. So, you know, I think that's really necessary for some people right now. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that, Rod? Well, you had the opportunity to see a fully functional, relatively large commercial photography studio. So what we did is we photographed anywhere from fashion, food, cars, um, some in some cases events, but mostly products. We photographed lots and lots of products, aftermarket automotive products, electronic products, things like that. So the types of people that were coming into the studio were from all different walks of life. I mean, one day you may get the uh, editor of a magazine. Another week we may have a bunch of people that were really into the electronic uh, components that they built. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Because we were right. in San Diego, a lot of that was for uh, use in the military. So there were some interesting things that we were involved in there. And then as, because Angie spent, 
you know, more time in that environment and actually did some work with me, um, learned maybe a little bit more about how that kind of operation worked clerically. But she also um, did some modeling. She also did some makeup. I mean, she helped out in a whole variety of ways, which kind of gave her the opportunity to see a broad spectrum of different tasks that people do in that type of operation. And I, you know, I think that that probably benefited you as you, uh, as you move forward in your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, it gives you a lot of experience when you um, can see different facets of someone's business, even if, it, you know, like people that do interning or, or assisting, you really get to know how to run your business. Because a lot of times if you have a job job, like a day job, learning the simple things about running a business uh, and making it a real business uh, is new. So you don't know how to do some of the basic things that you need to know how to do in order to survive as a business. Well, Angie and I have, we have this goal uh, for our podcast that we're going to interview lots of interesting people from all walks of life, you know, right. not just people that are creative in the traditional sense, but people that have uh, built businesses. I mean, people that that know how to make uh, such an incredible pizza that people will fly across states to get to it just to have a bite of it. Or they'll <laughs> fly in a, a cake from Hawaii because this company makes the very best cakes in the world. And we're going to talk to people that uh, design costumes for television uh, for movies and even for the opera. So we're going to have a whole bunch of different people that we chat with uh, regarding their entrepreneurial lives or their creative lives. Um, this is something that that we're really dedicated to. I think there's a lot of incredible, incredibly creative people out there that have a lot to share. And I think uh, our I think our audience will really benefit from it. What do you think? Right. And, you know, I think the, the thing the cool thing about this program, this podcast, is that it's it's true life experiences that are going to be shared with all of us here. So you can learn from them. You can take you. You're going to have a takeaway from the various stories, the various experiences, or maybe how they've done a certain way of running their business. You know, I think that sharing those things, you learn from one another. And in this day and age, when there's so many people I know on social media, and they're sharing things, but it's more of a fantasy view of how they're running their business. It's not reality. Like when you're seeing everyone glammed up and they're standing by their Lamborghini and, oh yeah, I've got millions in the bank. Well, really, they just want you to buy their course because that's all they're selling is their persona. But really, they're only reading one chapter ahead of you. They really don't have life experience. They really don't know how to run their own business. They just know how to give you the presentation that you're going to buy. But really, that presentation is not going to net you anything. Well, it's, you know, it's a facade and we're all... Good word. We're all kind of voyeuristic. We all like to peer into other people's lives. I mean, we do it when we interview people. Um, but but we, that's what's good about this program where you can actually get real life peering into other people's lives and experiences and learn from them and learn from them like a community 
Yeah. So that's that's the good part about I think this program. It's it's real. It's organic. It's not manufactured and fake. Well, what we're going to do today is we are going to actually uh, bring in an entrepreneur. I want to be giving her a call. Yes. Who do we have with us? Like Angie? I said earlier, um, her mm-hmm. name is Rose Bechet. She's an entrepreneur, and I know you guys are really going to enjoy meeting her today. Hi, Rose. Are you there? Hi, guys. I'm here. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Ah, it's good to have you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We know a little bit about your background, and um, considering your age and everything, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, I know you have a very interesting beginning to your entrepreneurship. Can you share that with us today? Sure. So my entrepreneurial journey started in the third grade. And I know that sounds pretty young to start, but I found a need, which is what all great entrepreneurs try to do. (laughs) And um, I started a snack selling business in my third grade recess. Um, I had a lot of children asking for my snacks and I got tired of them asking me for my snacks. So I figured I could sell them goldfish crackers in a bag for 25 cents because, you know, a quarter is pretty easy to come by when you're in the third grade. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Go on. And then, you know, I had the business for a couple weeks and one day the principal came up to me and he told me that I didn't have a food license. I didn't have a license to sell food and uh, that I would have to shut down my my snack selling business. And my first response to him was, well, where can I get one? Where can I where can I get a license? I love that. Um, I love that. So I definitely had a bit of an abrupt ending to my business, seeing as they they won't give those licenses to what what is it in third grade? You're around maybe eight years old, right? To eight year olds. So yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but you know, you saw a need and you knew how to fill it. I yeah, think that's you filled really it good immediately, thinking. and you understood the commerce aspect of it. I have something that you would like to buy, and I'm happy to sell it to you. I did, and it was a really good exercise in figuring out how much I should sell my product for and how much I could sell it for, what the market was willing to pay for it as well. So you were actually doing math skills while you were practicing your entrepreneurship, see? So third grade was a good year. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. So fast forward from third grade. To today. uh, Well, did anything interesting happen along the way? I mean, we know a little bit about the company that you have right now, and we certainly want you to share with us what that's all about. about But from third grade to your current business, uh, you know, I guess it's fair for me to ask, did you get a college education along the way or what have you done? I did. You know, I had quite a few entrepreneurial ventures along the way. And I also got a degree in computer science and engineering. And I really liked that that degree played on my strengths of being logical and figuring out kind of it's like having a puzzle like mind. You get to figure out things all day long. And and I really enjoy doing that. So that was a really good fit for me. And throughout school, I actually did social media for companies 
and did web design, uh, which was not only a great experience that I could use in my own companies, but it also, you know, was a very profitable venture along the way as well. Yeah, and I suppose doing those types of uh, business tasks, you learned how to uh, communicate with people. You had that was probably initiated you in how to talk to other business people, what their needs were, and you could actually learn from them, see what they were doing right or wrong, and adopt it yourself. Definitely. And I had to figure out, you know, the whole selling process. How do you get a client? Where do you get a client? How do you keep that client? Because I think that's another big issue that a lot of entrepreneurs run into is maybe they can get the client in the door. You know, they can get them at the beginning, but keeping them for months at a time or years at a time is a whole different story. I mean, you not only have to produce a good product, but you also have to be able to communicate with them and, you know, fix their problems, ease their fears. There's a lot that goes into having clients. Well, I kind of know what you're doing now because Engie uh, is a client. I, mean, I am she, a customer. The customer. That I would love be your the product. Word. And um, why don't why don't you, uh, Rose, share with us what this venture is that you're currently doing that everybody seems to be so excited about, and especially your customers. They're really they're really liking what yeah. you're doing. Well. I am so happy about that. This started as a labor of love. Um, I've always had an issue with dry hands. I've had eczema on and off and battled with it. Um, And this is even before all of this, you know, excessive hand washing that we're doing and hand sanitizing every five minutes. I mean, I had dry hands to begin with. So this is really tough having to wash my hands even more and sanitize more, which of course I'm doing and we all are doing. But it led to really dry hands, cracked hands, painful hands. I've even had my hands crack open and bleed a little just because Mm. they were so dry. And I know a lot of women have, have this problem. And I started searching for a way to fix this problem because I not only wanted to find a product that would moisturize my hands, but also one that I didn't have to apply 20 times a day because I I don't have the patience to do that. And like many of us, I don't have the time to sit there and moisturize my hands every single time I wash or sanitize right. them and then wait for that lotion to soak in. Exactly. And, you know, you get tired of doing it and then you forget. And then pretty soon you're back in the loop again where your hands are terribly dry and they hurt and they're like you said sometimes they're cracking open because they're so dry exactly and so I kind of I took all of these pieces together you know I was having this problem I knew other women were having this problem and I had tried almost every product on the market and none of them worked for me and I thought well I can figure this out you know I figured out a lot more difficult things in my short lifespan so far and I got to the kitchen table I ordered um, different supplies, like different um, medical grade and different grade um, skincare supplies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started mixing up and I, you know, tried a bunch of different formulas. Some of them were awful in the beginning. Some of them were amazing. Some of them I needed to make thicker or thinner. And then eventually I came upon a formula that really worked. And not only did it work for me, I gave it to my family members, I gave it to my friends, and it really worked for them as well. And it just, it turned into a labor of love that I could help people with 
this sometimes very painful situation that you can have on your hands. And it also came at really good timing that we all have to even wash our hands even more now. Oh, yeah, certainly. So true. Well, I know one of your uh, customers is Angie. She uses it. In fact, we watch TV at night. She pulls on those cool little white gloves that comes with your cream and, uh, the good news about it is she can't grab the remote control. She has to tell me what she wants to see on TV. I usually have control of the remote control anyway. Yeah, but, but it is kind of cool to see her uh, have those white gloves on. And I noticed, I mean, even, I mean, men don't typically notice things like that. But I certainly noticed that her hands are uh, smoother. They look prettier healthier if if you know all women's hands look pretty but in this particular case hers seems to to really be uh beautiful for lack of a better word Aww, you're thanks. the user of it you tell I am, me you know I, I let me tell you Angie. about it because it's so fantastic um like rose said if you have very dry chapped peeling eczema cracking hurting skin red um definitely this product really worked for me uh, and when I when I put it on I thought oh it's just gonna be another lotion no biggie you know I'm not gonna it'll it'll work for a while and then and then once I wash my hands it's gonna go away but really it it's remarkable you slather it on and then it comes with a pair of very nice white gloves not the the ones that fall apart and you just sit there for 15 minutes to sometimes an hour I'll leave it on because it just feels good on your hands with the gloves and when you take off the gloves your hands are not greasy everything has soaked in not that the formula is greasy but in the past I've used greasy hand lotions and those have been you know your hands are tacky and greasy for a long time this is not like that it actually soaks into your skin and when you take them off you take the gloves off they're wonderful you you have nice smooth skin it takes away the rough kind of eczema the peeling or any of the rough uh, dry skin that you may have and the next morning it once you sleep on it some more and let it soak in you can see that your rough redness of your hands really are soothed and they look much better so i'm so happy that you have that experience as well that just makes me so incredibly happy because that is that's been our main goal we want you know to help people have softer hands and we obviously don't recommend putting it in any broken skin um right right obviously check with your doctor if you have broken skin but Mm -hmm. other than that it is really a great preventative measure to not having to reach that point like not getting to that point where your hands are cracking right and And it's healed but i also have to make a comment i don't know if we talked about this or not so i'm gonna say it um you can use it as a mask where you put on a good amount and let it soak in and use the gloves or you can just use it spot during the day uh, little bits of it like a lotion so it's like two Mm -hmm. products in one and I think that really appealed to me because I'm really tired of buying you know three different things to do one job you know basically so it's a cost saving definitely one of the main things that we wanted to do with anything that we launch is we wanted to make sure that they brought immense value I always want to give more than you know more than the product is being sold for. And so having a multitasking product was the most wonderful idea to me and I'm sure to a lot of women. Right. And here we're going to go back to the entrepreneur part of it. And that's where I think that's where this shines because you are addressing a problem 
that someone has, which is a good thing if you're starting an entrepreneur type business, but also really caring about what you do, not just putting something together just in the hope of making money. Um, I think that when you really care about what you're doing and really care about your customer and really have a good quality product, you've got like a lot of synergy going on where people can feel it and they just come in droves and they want to purchase your product. I think operationally, Rose, you probably learned a lot while you were doing this uh, from the very beginning of having to design and build a product. And then, of course, the most important thing about anybody that comes up with any kind of product or service is they need to find customers. They need to get it in front of people. And, um, you know, we're not, our goal here is to not make this a big commercial for you. Um, but, but you're, but- you're really, you know, you're an exciting guest to have. You've uh, been there, done that, as people say. So what are what are some of the things you learned um, in your latest venture here? Well, I think you should definitely, whatever venture that you are looking to do, you should always research it really well. And don't research it under the guise of what can I make or what can I do that will create a lot of money. Make sure that you're researching it under the guise of how can I help people with this and what will my customer want? Second, guess your customer what they're going to need so that you can fill their need. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to make them happy and you may really love... I'm just using this as an example and there are some incredible chapsticks out there, but you may really love making chapstick, but maybe your customer just doesn't use chapstick. So maybe you need to make a different product that they actually have a need for. And you need to be in tune with what your customer wants and needs and likes and what they're willing to spend too. And, mm-hmm. you know, how it fits into their lifestyle and then provide them as much value as you possibly can. What did you find? I, I, I know you need to market your product and there are a whole variety of ways, especially online now, to market products and products specifically targeting women. What what strategy or what particular uh, thing do you do that you think gives you the greatest return on your effort? I think one of the greatest returns I have seen throughout my business has been um, giving my product. And obviously, I can't do this with everyone. I would love to just give my product away to everyone. But giving product away to people that can review it on their blog that are are trusted sources um, that give real reviews that really try it. And, and you can see throughout their blogging history or their vlogging history or their Instagramming that they... They tell the truth. You know, they're going to give you the lowdown of what a product is really like. And getting my product in the hands of those people has been immensely helpful in growing my business because they not only offered real reviews, but I mean, I've had people say, oh, I wish it was scented. And, you know, like they give good feedback, Mm -hmm. not only for us as a company, but also to other people. So maybe they know that, oh, I want a scented product. Maybe this isn't the best product for me. And and we did do that for a reason, obviously, with the scent as a side note that, 
you know, Mm -hmm. that can be irritating to hands as well. But it's good to find people that can give honest reviews and share that with people that already trust them. That's uh, that's good advice for anyone that's moving into this uh, type of business. Yeah, really good advice. I want to say one other thing that I heard or learned about you. Apparently, your husband is uh, an entrepreneur, too. And I understand that he uh, and we like people that are artistic and he's obviously pretty artistic because he makes um, interesting pieces of furniture or collectibles out of wood. We're going to have him on in the future. Uh, We certainly want to talk to him. Um, What is his name again? His name is Robert Bechet. And yes, he is an excellent woodworker. And he also refurbishes antiques. Um, in fact, over quarantine, one of his big projects that he's doing is a piano from the 1800s, yeah. which has been incredible. That's a um, lot of uh, things to rehabilitate in a piano. It really. is. Like to me, I, I love the the entrepreneurial side of business, but having to, I could not redo something like that. That is not mm-hmm. where my talent lies. <laughs> well, we're going to, we're going to be, we're anxious to have him on at a future show. And um, I think you've been a delightful guest. We're so happy you could come on. I think a lot of people got your perspective on being entrepreneurial. I, I have one question sure. for her actually. Rose, do you have a big team of people that work for you? No. So I think yeah, this is kind a of question. a big, <laughs> that is an excellent question. And I don't think I've ever been asked that. And I feel like it is a huge misnomer for a lot of entrepreneurs that are like, that are like I need this big team to start out or I need whoever is like the best web designer and the best social media person and the best of this. And right. you really don't need all of that. I feel like we live in such a, a knowledge filled world that you can find the information for most things that you want to do online. You can find a course about what you want to do online. Mm -hmm. You can trial and error. You can see what works for you and what doesn't work for you because each business is very different and you're going to know your business the best. But no, I don't have a huge team. I have myself that I am pretty much like the jack of all trades. I do our (laughs) web design, our social media, our, you know, product design, our label design, everything. I do almost everything. But I do um, when each time that I, you know, have had great successes, I always invest back into my business and I, um, I branch out and try to hire other freelance workers to help me do certain tasks. And mm-hmm. a lot of them I have worked with continually for a long time, but I do not have a huge team at all. If anything, I have remote freelance workers and I love supporting them as well. Oh, great. Right, well, that's, right. you know, that's very inspirational. I think we're going to, you know, say goodbye for now. We hope to have you with us again at a later date. We're going to reach out to you uh, to see if we can set an appointment up with uh, Robert, Robert Robert, and see what he uh, what he has to say about his entrepreneurial life. And I'm sure he's going to be really interested in hearing what all you yes. had to say. And I have to tell our listeners something. Periodically, you may hear me say, Angie instead of Angie. Well, that's because that's her nickname and that's what I've been calling her for years. But in uh, in our creative world, she goes by Angie. So most of that's her that's her <laughs> honestly goodness, honest to goodness real name. Right. So if that you is hear such me, a beautiful name. Up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Does it come from somewhere or is it it's actually Turkish and it means pearl in Turkish. So um it's it's 
obviously it's spelled very differently. It's spelled I-N-C-I, which in the English language looks like inky. <laughs> so uh, when, when you know, my friends at school, it was always, oh, just call me Angie, because that was something that was relatable and easier for them. And it just kind of stuck through the years. And recently, I started using my real name for art projects and art and, and my writing projects, because I really felt like that it's, you know, it's okay now. People have different names and, and I can be okay with that. It's a pretty name. I know when you first told me, you go, okay, what do you think my name is? And of course, I immediately being the uh, Southern California person I am, I immediately saw Inky. And right. then she proceeded to tell me, no, 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 you're it's wrong. Inky. It's Inky. And then she looks at me for a few minutes and she goes, you know what? It might be just easier for you to call me Angie. Angie. Yeah. And so consequently, we've been doing that quite a bit over the years. But I do like the name Angie. I think it's quite beautiful. And um, and she was blessed with that name. So it's a good one to use. Rose, we thank you so much for being with us. Um, yes, we'll thank be, you for sharing. We'll be in touch. I, on our website, we'll put some information on how people can get in touch with you. Uh a link to your website. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, if we have listeners that may have a question for you, uh, we'll collect them via emails and maybe forward them on to you. And if you'd be so kind, maybe you could, you know, some people are going to have some pretty interesting questions, certainly things that we haven't thought of, but um, we'd be, you know, we would be honored if you might answer a few of their questions. I would be more than happy to answer any questions that, that come our way. Okay. Well, uh, bye from me, Rod. And bye from me, Angie. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. All right. Alrighty, bye-bye. Okay. Bye, Rose. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband, Rod, and I, wishing everyone a great day. Thank you.